Well, like, like so many other people in the fitness world, my path to fitness was very meandering and convoluted. So in, in college, I had absolutely nothing to do with fitness. I majored in sociology and music. Um, Cause I really had no idea what I wanted to do. And I was just a clueless 18 year old. So I was like, oh, I like, I'm interested in sociology and I really like music. So I'll just major in those things. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of the Fitness Line Down podcast, where I am your host and owner extraordinaire, Corey Cripe. And it brings me great delight today to bring on one of those people that I feel like I know very well because I'm always seeing them in my feed. And I've actually probably injured my index finger from all the times I've had a double tap on Instagram for all the likes and all this. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And exciting thing too about this person is that I have seen her on the Instagram doing her thing, beautiful. But she actually joined me for some of my, I don't know what I call private sessions. So we're going to talk more about that. So I've had the privilege of seeing this person, but this is my first time to actually hear this person. So I'm very excited to bring in Robin Paget of Larkin Training Room out of Buffalo, New York. So thank you very much for joining us today, Robin. Thank you so much for having me, Corey. Um, I can tell just from the Instagram and presence that you have in kettlebells and coffee episodes that you are a delight of a person, and I'm happy to get to talk to you for a bit. Now you're doing the great thing. You are buttering up the host, so you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> flatter, throw you a bunch of softball questions here, so it all comes off great. I just want to say one thing right off the bat. Your gym is absolutely beautiful. I oh. love, I love the brick. Um, mm. I'm just, I'm, I'm quasi envious of this because where I was, where I am, is an old footwear factory building. So it's a really cool thing. They've oh. renovated. It's a very historic building here in La Crosse. Uh -huh. And there was brick all around when I first got here before the FLD ever happened. And the owners of the building said, well, of course, we're going to have to insulate and put up drywall so that okay. we have better heating bills and cooling bills. And it's just like, oh, it's so sad because, and maybe there is some exposed brick. I should actually have them remove the paint and kind of tap it up a little bit so I can have that brick because that brick is so cool. Like uh, Parrots out of Boston has that brick. And I just see it. It's like, it's so sharp i love yeah. it that's just my it's, personal preference so your gym is already one of my favorites just in looks yeah it's it's good and bad because i love the look of brick but you're right it's not cozy it's 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 uh kind of cold mm -hmm. and every once in a while you'll come down in the morning and there'll be a big chunk of mortar on the ground from where it's <laughs> Fallen out because you know it's it's from 1890. The building was built in around 1890, so it's 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 old. But yeah, yes. right. thank you. It's it's beautiful to look at. It is. It's it's so. Congratulations on that, um, Robin. So I was alluding to earlier that when in 2020 there was this thing that happened. It's called the coronavirus. I don't know if you're around for this. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. And I, it was, I think it was like my birthday. Honestly, I believe it was April 5th, 2020, my birth date. And it was on a Sunday or something. I was just kind of playing with the notion as it was coming up to my birthday. You know, I want to do something fun. And so mm -hmm. I decided like, hey, let's have an MRT session on Zoom. And I'm just going to invite. I, I, made a, I made a Facebook event on it. I invited all the people that I knew that had bags. And you showed up like every week, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you were always there because then it turned out to be more than just a birthday thing. I was like, well, let's just do this every week because uh -huh. I think it definitely had that sense of community where we can all do stuff. And I can only imagine on your guys' end because I'm the one that's mic'd up and I'm doing the countdown, right? Like I've got the timer. <laughs> so, and I mean, I'm dying in my living room doing these things and I can only, I don't know if people are <laughs> muting me, but it's just like, because MRTs, and for anybody out there that doesn't know about the MRTs, metabolic resistance training is the acronym. Um, and it's, it's, it's a high level of high intensity interval training. And especially when you use the DVRT system, you can go leaps and bounds. I mean, there's endless amounts of progressions to make things either, either more challenging or less challenging. 
And I mean, those were some fun sessions. I mean, those are some, some of those things we're going to look back on in 2020 and think, you know, that was fun that we could do that. Um, and even after we reopened our gym, I kept that going a little bit, but then it's just things got busy again. I couldn't do it anymore on a Sunday. Um, but how was, how were those sessions for you? Cause you rocked it. And I was actually, I remember I asked you for some, uh, screenshots or whatever of you doing things so I can use that for my promotion for our yeah. virtual training. I, I was so grateful that you did that because first of all, I mean, your workouts are just little master classes in of themselves of the DVRT system. So it's like educational for me to see how you implemented the DVRT system in actual real workouts. But also, you know how lonely a time COVID could be. And we were all in New York, we were shut down, completely shut down for six months. So it's kind of a lonely time. And also sometimes it feels a little lonely here in Buffalo in terms of the DVRT sandbag world, because I don't really know of that many gyms that have sandbags and really are use this kind of system that we use. So it was great to be with other people doing doing those kind of workouts and i was also just really so impressed by the movement quality of your clients that you have at your gym like they are obviously amazingly coached and just incredibly skilled i was like wow these are like regular people doing these things i was so impressed so i i loved it and um anytime you want to do a you know, Zoom world workout, I, I'm in if I can we be should, there. We should have another one. Just uh, throw it out there like a one reunion. Let's just do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. Like a 2020 reunion MRT. I don't, we'll have to figure out a better title. But yeah, I had a great time. I just remember like getting done with it and just seeing all the red faces on my screen and, you know, all the waving and things like this. And it, well, and it brings such a, a sense of community, as I mentioned. And yeah, you know, the the loneliness of being a, well, a gym owner, but also a trainer and how you're kind of on your own island when it comes to your workouts, right? Like, it's like, yeah. okay, I got to do my workout. Um, and that's why I really enjoy having my coaches here. Like, it's almost like small mini meetings when we get together and make a program and do mm -hmm. it. And mm -hmm. so like Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays are kind of our coaches days of training. And then Fridays, okay. Fridays, Megan kind of wants to do a little, and I, I like to do Friday sessions, but here's, here's the great thing is Megan wants to do Friday sessions. So before she was wanting to jump in on these Friday sessions, uh -huh. I would do them, but I would sometimes miss them. And I put it missing quotes. He's <laughs> like, Oh, I'm too busy to do that. But all of a sudden now here, you got that training partner. So now you have that, um, you have that accountability. So she's like, all right, I'm ready for Friday. Here's what we're going to do. And I'm like, okay it's like i i don't want to but then you know you never leave a workout saying ah, i wish i would have skipped that right i know so yeah. it's great to have that accountability and you know even in a place like lacrosse we're kind of well we're, we're not we're not kind of we are blessed um to have a gym like this but then we also have a gym down the road i just released that podcast a few weeks ago of jordan rudolph mm -hmm. who's dvrt level one and level two so in mm -hmm. our small little hodunk town in wisconsin we have two, thought like i know right so lacrosse we're probably the best city in Wisconsin, if not the universe. Um, <laughs> you know, I've actually been to lacrosse a couple of times. Real? Yeah. Wow. Uh, last time I was there was in 2012, though. But I love lacrosse. Mm. It's a beautiful city on the Mississippi. And, you know, it's got two, at least two amazing gyms in, in a least. small town. And, uh, well, cheese curds, too. So oh now are you talking squeaky fresh cheese curds? Or are you talking about batter fried deep cheese? Well, curds? you got to fry them if you're going to if you're going to do it. Just go all in. Have deep. <laughs> I mean, fried. you're not you're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But <laughs> there is something very satisfying about the squeaky fresh. So before you batter fry, OK, you actually you just have the curd in itself. OK, and, I mean, you put it in your mouth and it is, it's like squeaky because it's so fresh. <laughs> And you're talking to it like I'm up. That would be good. Snob. I'm, I'm a cheese snob. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And it's not only because I'm from Wisconsin it's because I, I like cheese. And maybe that's because I am from Wisconsin. So maybe if if A equals B and B equals C, then A should probably equal C. I think that's how this goes. OK, anyway. I'll, I'll take your word for it there. <laughs> My mathematician skills. Well, Robin, let's first I mean, we're already having a great conversation and 
I definitely want to honor your time because you're a busy person. Um, there is a little game I like to play called Five Random Questions. All righty. And so I like to ask my my guests five simple questions, and they're mm -hmm. kind of just wherever, whatever, however. So let's okay. start off. Let's just go nice and easy. All right. Okay. First question doesn't have to be DVRT. What would be your favorite exercise? Ultimate sandbag lateral slide deadlift. That that hits a lot of things. Like that's a big chain. You are. I love I like that. that. I, I, I can love totally, that. And you do that. I see that a lot in your. In your I do it a lot because I love to do the lateral deadlifts. Right, and so adding that slide element. Okay. And the perfect. slide. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Let's say it is. It's a Sunday and you have a sweet tooth. What is your go-to? Mm. Oh, um, a banana with peanut butter and chocolate chips. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you, do you put the peanut butter, like, do you serving, like you take a bite, you put the peanut butter on the chocolate chip, bite peanut butter, chocolate chip? Or well, you, how, how does that how does that prepare? Because you mind, have to is... you have to maximize the peanut butter application. So you cut the banana in half, so you can peanut butter up both halves, kind of like ants on a log, you know. Right. And then put the chocolate chips on top. I feel like if I was left and alone, cream. okay, well that's a game changer right there. Yeah. But I I feel like now because it's my podcast, so I can turn everything back to me. <laughs> if I was left alone with whipped cream, chocolate chips, a banana, and peanut butter. I would probably go whipped cream first in my mouth. <laughs> I'd throw the chocolate chips in. I would swallow. I would take the dollop of peanut butter, lick the spoon, and then I'd eat the peanut, eat the slice, or eat a chunk of banana. And then I would repeat until it was gone. And then after the banana was gone, I'd probably just keep spooning up the peanut butter because that's my kind of thing. Peanut butter is my weakness. I love peanut butter. I think you might be my long lost sister because it's like peanut butter. I One year I had to give it up for Lent. That's how serious oh. of an addiction I have peanut butter. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did you lose like 10 pounds <laughs> giving up I peanut butter? You think I would, but for some reason I did. I probably because I found something else to fill the gap with. Uh, fill the void. Totally, totally not the Christian way to go. It's like, well, if there's no peanut butter, then I'm going to fill the void with X, Y, and Z. Okay. okay, so we've got two questions down, I believe, so far. <laughs> Third question, being out of New York, it's, not, it's a bigger state. What would be your like favorite professional team out of New York? Well... I, I have to say the Buffalo Bills because they are such a, it affects the whole city so much when they win or lose. You know, when they win, you go outside, people are honking their horns, they're driving by screaming, yeah, and then when, when they lose, the city, there's a pall over the city. So like, even though I don't love football, like it, it affects my life. It's culture. So I care about, I care about the bills. And so I'd have to say the bills. Excellent. Uh, favorite household pet? Cats. Cats. Like All that's, the cats. That's, that's plural. So you're just, yeah, you're, you're in it to win it, huh? <laughs> I, I feel like the follow-up question is how many cats do you have? Well, I, I only have one. Um, okay. Actually, I had I had two, but one of them recently passed away. So I'm in cat I'm in cat mourning, cat withdrawal. So, but I feel like there's probably another kitty cat to come up in your future. There's many more in the world that need a good home. It's true. My my kids keep telling me that, but I say the two we have is fine. Um, and well, one cat actually cost you quite a bit for your ankle, right? <laughs> That was my mom's cat, and that cat is recently gone. Oh. I, I want to think maybe heaven, but I'm not sure. After that ferocious <laughs> After evening, I, I, that cat might have to go somewhere else. <laughs> um, everybody that doesn't know about my ankle is like, what's he talking But put it together. Broken ankle, cat, stairs. Cat. You go. Yeah. Um, all right, last, last question. Friday night, nothing's going on. What is the board game of your choice? Oh. Hmm. Uh... Oh, you know, my husband and I both say we hate playing games. So uh, I think the last game I played was it's Mastermind. Do you remember that game? I don't know. Like you set up these colored dots and then your opponent has to guess what you've put in. And it, it, it's okay. it's silly, but yeah, 
Lame, so lame I, answer. In other words, like probably no game would happen. Well, then it's Friday night. <laughs> nothing's going on. What is your go-to entertainment? How's that? <laughs> well, you know, I go to bed so early all week. I hear you. I hear because you. of getting up early that when Friday rolls along and it's like eight o'clock, I'm like, oh, my God, can I go? Can I get out? <laughs> so I would say once in a great while, we'll go out to a show or a movie or whatever. But that's like most most Friday nights, I'm going to be reading a book at 8 30 at night <laughs> and well and you you're my spirit animal that's exactly you know this industry <laughs> where i have no problem mm-hmm. getting up early but i have to go to bed early and yeah right fortunately my wife is the same way like my wife is an early we both get up at 4 a.m every morning except the weekend i i do have that uncanny ability where even though i'm structured to get up at four every morning you can sleep I can, in i can i can get up at four roll over look at the alarm clock and feel my wife get out of bed and be like not today. Oh, wow. Good for you. Because I'm, I'm just like wired to wake up early now. Oh, yeah. No, I, I hear that. But man, at the same time, I I just, I melt into my bed. And it's <laughs> one of my superhuman traits I have is to be able to fall back to sleep. That's and, good. You know, I tell people like I sleep in until 530 on a Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sleeping in. Right. But it's, it's like it, seven. Ooh, I slept way in. It was seven o'clock when I got up. Oh, man. I think the only time I've ever slept until seven is like on a New Year's Day or something when I had to my obligation and i just remember like this last new year's eve you know of course i'm just tired from like seven to ten i'm just dying <laughs> and then somewhere at ten i like caught second wind and i wasn't even like celebrating with alcohol i'm just like uh-huh. you know, I'm, just, I'm just like oh let's just get this over with and the company was okay i mean it wasn't wasn't my closest friends but it was like uh-huh. kind of school friends you know school children's friends or parents and and then all of a sudden like 10 o'clock i'm like oh i can do this and then it was my wife crashing that we had to leave the party at 1130 because she couldn't keep up. <laughs> um, I can it's funny, with the board game thing, I'm always waiting. And I, I'm thankful that it's you that let this happen. Is I'm always wondering like these five random questions. Like as soon as I ask, what's your favorite go-to sweet? I'm waiting for the person's like, I don't like sweets. And then I have to call them a liar. <laughs> yeah. um, but then it's like, yeah. well, what if, I just can't wait till I ask a question. Like, I really don't like that. So board games, you know, it's funny with board games because I grew up on them as a kid. Like we play those in my house. Uh Like we played a lot of like a lot of Monopoly, a lot of Risk. Um, I think of some of the other ones that we'd play. We did Monopoly. Uh, Yeah. And now we have three versions of Monopoly in my house. Uh, Well, four, maybe we have Monopoly Junior for when the kids were really small. We have regular Monopoly. We have Sharkopoly. And then we have Wisconsinopoly. Wisconsinopoly. Oh, and the best part be about cool. Wisconsinopoly is that instead of chance, you know, you have community chest and chance and monopoly, it's cranberries and cripes. <laughs> so I think it's cranberries. Um, but yeah, it's cripes because like cripes. the whole Midwestern things, people would be like cripes, you know, like that was kind of instead of saying the Lord's name in vain, you'd say cripes. So now they take my name in vain. Oh, that's- um, so midwestern oh but i love midwestern ways of life i just that's the way i do it um okay so great job with those five random questions uh what we're going to talk about now we're going to dig deep robin are you always from buffalo no i didn't i am not from buffalo but i am a bit of a naturalized citizen because i've been here since 2005. I basically moved here after college because I I grew up in a very rural part of Pennsylvania, a couple hours away, and there just wasn't much there for me to do. So um, when when my college roommate moved here to Buffalo after college, I just kind of tagged along. And um, that's about like 17 years ago now. So and now we own a building and it's like easy to put down roots you say we like you and your college roommate own the building actually i'm sorry me and my husband own a building okay okay here in buffalo which i am sitting in which... so this is the larkin training room but then there's other things in this building right yeah actually um we live upstairs so it's a live work uh setup and mm-hmm. i'm sitting in my husband's editing office right now because he does video and film work 
So I have most of the first floor is my studio, my training studio, and then he gets like a sliver for his office. <laughs> of course, he has to pay you rent, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, he pays no. he pays a, a probably more a percentage of rent than I do. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, okay, that's that's interesting. How it was just like a college roommate drew you to Buffalo. I mean, even though it's you said yeah. it's two hours from your rural town, correct? Yeah, two or three hours. I, I just gotta I gotta compete with you. This rural town. What was what's the population? Oh gosh, Ulster, um, under a thousand. It's it's so. It's kind of funny that way because growing up in high school, I lived in a town of 180 people. Oh, that might that might be even smaller <laughs> than where I grew up. No, and, I, and of course I'm not trying. You know, well, I, I guess I'm trying to compete, but I hear rural, and yes, under a thousand is definitely more rural than most places. Uh -huh. um, so you're in New York. I mean, and what did you said you went to college in Pennsylvania? Is that what I heard? I went to college about an hour and a half from here. Okay. Um, in Western New York, it was also a very rural area. Um, Houghton College, it's a it's a like a Wesleyan denomination school, sure. and so um, a lot of people kind of wind up in Buffalo who go there because they have a um, sort of a relationship. A lot of Houghton people student end up in in Buffalo to work or or intern. So that's how I kind of wound up here. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I don't know any other place where I could have envisioned myself as owning a building and like opening a gym because in Buffalo, you know, the, the real estate values have been depressed for so long and it's things are doable here that wouldn't be doable in another city. Like I could never afford this building in New York City or right. pay a $10,000 a month lease somewhere. So it's like. I kind of fell into this because it was it was doable here in Buffalo. It was affordable. It was otherwise, and I don't think it ever would have occurred to me to buy a building and, and open a gym. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. So Buffalo's where all your dreams can come true. <laughs> um, what I what I must ask now is when you went to college, what was what was the degree in? Like, did you get a fitness related degree or? Well, like like so many other people in the fitness world, my path to fitness was very meandering and convoluted. So in, in college, I had absolutely nothing to do with fitness. I majored in sociology and music because um, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. And I was just a clueless 18 year old. So I was like, well, I, I'm interested in sociology and I really like music. So I'll just major in those things. <laughs> That's so true, though. I mean, and I, I do believe to some degree, I think I might have talked about this in a, past episodes. I think it's okay to graduate high school and not go right to college. Yeah, I, I mean, and I, I, I did, I went right from high school to college. And I remember I showed up uh, for orientation. And they're like, well, what were you good at in high school? Or what was, you know, and I'm just like, well, I don't know, I did good in biology and chemistry and they're like okay we'll make you a biochem major or something like that or i was like some kind of double major i'm <laughs> right. like all right cool sign me right. up and then all of a sudden i'm i'm taking like even though i only had 12 credits which is like the minimum base credits you know they're just like for the freshman year your first get, semester get let's give you the minimum but it was like you know half of it half of my credits was all about labs and things like that and it was just it wasn't very exciting for me but i think it's good for i think it's good for students for people to get some real world experience before they start making that choice. And I know that could be difficult because yeah. life is short and, you know, some people want to start families. They want to do all this stuff. And it might seem, especially at 18, like I want to hurry up and get on to the next phase of my life. So I want to go through college. So then I can be more grown up or X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I just think about my wife because she went from high school. She went to a tech school here in lacrosse, actually. Mm. I think she made it one year or something. And she just kind of dropped out because she wasn't interested. It just wasn't her thing. So she got like a full-time job. She ended up becoming a manager at a, at a Gloria Jean's coffee shop. So I think that's a nationwide chain. Um, and she did that for a while. And then, then she decided what she wanted to do with her career. And then she went back to school at Viterbo. And then all of a sudden now you have like more of a, a very um, non-traditional freshman who has a better insight in life, you know, and actually has the, 
has the cojones, if you will, to question teachers, you know, to be like, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. You know, like my, my real world experiences tell me otherwise than what you're trying to put out here in a class. So I, I totally digress. I apologize. No, now, no. I'm so, I'm so curious about music because I like music too, but I would have never thought like, I'm going to go to school for music. So was this like performance music? Was this music study? Was this, I mean, uh, I'm, just, yeah, I'm so um, curious. A vo vocal performance, um, singing. Wow. So are you going to perform something for us today? <laughs> if you want to undergo that form of torture, I will indulge <laughs> you. Um, well, how about this? I will not allow my my audience to hear your angelic voice. <laughs> well, that's interesting, though. So I then we have to start connecting these dots, Robin, because this is what I do. Um, yeah. Basically, I'm always curious. And that's why my friends call me whiskers. It's become curious like a cat. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. You had to put up with my bad dad jokes. Um, here we go. Then for somebody that went to school for sociology and music, had no interest whatsoever in fitness because you rock fitness right now. What brought you to this level? Like what, where did you, how did you come to be? It happened gradually. So I, a uh, couple years after getting out of college, I, I had a job um, in county government. I didn't really enjoy it that much. And I started escaping to a, a, a gym every day during my lunch break. And I got addicted to um, indoor cycling. So I would take like an indoor cycling class every day on my lunch break just, you know, get out of the office, get something physical. I started to enjoy exercise and realize, oh, this is fun. I like doing this. And um, and then I joined another gym and I started going to body pump classes, Les Mills Body Pump, Yep, yep, yep. Um, which was my really my first exposure to weights and strength training. And, you know, there's a lot of flaws with body pump, but I will say this, like it, it got me interested in strength training. And I think it gets a lot of women lifting weights who are maybe intimidated by the, the weight section of a gym floor, because you know, women tend to like group classes and body pump is a very a pretty accessible, fun class, even though, you know, you can argue about doing a barbell based class for a general population, you know, whatever but right. i actually i started doing body pump and then i got i got certified in body pump i got certified as an indoor cycling instructor and then eventually got certified also as a personal as a personal trainer so it was just kind of a gradual getting into the fitness world finding that i really enjoyed it I enjoyed exercising. I enjoyed teaching it and seeing that it like helped with my stress levels. It helped me feel strong. And um, I just started doing one thing after another. And then er, I feel fortunate that kind of early on in my fitness journey, I found um, this, Josh Henkin and Jessica Bento, somehow I discovered sandbags. And so from the beginning of my fitness journey, almost I started, I started following them. So like some people I think come to it later and they have to put aside all these other preconceptions about that kind of training and about sandbags, how, oh, you can't get strong doing that. Or, you know, these are just for conditioning or, this is, this is weird. So, but I, I always have almost always from the beginning have been training that way and I've gotten really strong and I really love it. And it, it doesn't seem um, weird to me. <laughs> like I don't question the value. I don't <laughs> well, question of course, the value we're all drinking that same Kool-Aid. So That's it's, right. of it's not weird to us. And most <laughs> yeah. people that are listening to this are like, well, no, DBRT totally makes sense. But you're <laughs> right though, from the outside looking in, if you're not if you're not steeped in the DVRT, if you're not yeah. oriented towards it, you it's foreign. Yeah. Now, the traditional back, though, strength training world is. That's usually how I have to kind of label is you've got your yeah. traditional. I, I call it fitness as usual versus what we do. Mm -hmm. um, 
so a couple of things I want to start including here is like, where's the timeline? So when did you start doing the Les Mills and body pop? Yeah. Like what, what year was that? Do you remember? I think it was probably around 2011, 2012. So you're already like, in Buffalo doing this stuff. Yeah. I've been in Buffalo for a few years and okay, then so I, 2011, 2012. And we know that that was your historic trip to lacrosse. Yes. Um, <laughs> And then how much longer was it until you started kind of following the DVRT and getting interested in that? Well, I, I think I did my level one DRT, DVRT in 2014. Okay. Um, I went to New York City and I, I think I was one of Coach Fury's first um, right. DVRT weekends. Like I just, it was just a level one that I did that time. Uh, the second day was kettlebell and I didn't, I didn't actually do that day. So that was 2014. So it would have been, you know, the 2012, 2013. You know, that's amazing because speaking speaking of you know, you um you got certified before I ever did. Really? Well, 2014 is actually when FLD became into existence. Okay, and, and it was I after think that it was that you got it was like 2016. It might have been. Okay. So that even might though, have been when I got level two. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, that's what I got level two for um, you. Well, and uh, you know, I'm going to let it, I'm going to let you in on a little secret uh, as a DVRT, whatever label you want to use for me. And you know, one who instructs certifications, DVRT never... master, master. <laughs> well, trainer. be careful. Be careful how you use that. Um, I never went through level two. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you skipped? I know. I, I totally skipped it. I, I, I tested out. Um, <laughs> no, um, it's kind of a, a funny story. So I suppose this is a good time to talk about this. Um, and I'm, I just want you to right now, I'm totally enjoying this conversation. You are an absolute delight to talk to. <laughs> I don't know if it's because you're buttering me up so much or because I'm thinking about peanut butter right now, but both, uh, both, both. why not? You're peanut buttering me up. Um, how about this? So I had a, I used to have a business partner, right? And when we started fitness line down, well, I guess I brought in the fitness line down part. Like that was my own creative, you know, there's the reason behind the fitness line down. And he was doing what was called Coolie Region Boot Camp. So what we're in is known as Cooley, the Cooley Region, right? Okay. And he did want to get away from the boot camp name. So when we actually combined forces, this was an optimal time for him to adapt and adopt the fitness line down name. Okay. And we both, we both agreed that it was kind of tongue in cheek and would turn some heads and, you know, a couple, what does that mean? So it definitely is an icebreaker, but, um, and it's funny because, you know, around the time that you were under getting to know bags, I was probably getting to know bags too, but I just took it upon myself to keep watching YouTube videos and figure things out for myself. Cause you know, even back then social media was like, well, I'll just learn it on there because there it is. Uh -huh. And then, and then Anthony and I decided it's like, you know what, we're doing this enough and we want to be like, we want to be a gym that does sandbags. So let's, let's just go get that certification so we can be certified and had no idea what I was walking into, you know, what we were walking into and in a good way. Right. I mean, we knew about the clean and press test. So we were actually training okay. for that. I mean, I was, I was, my, I was as much as I could be. I mean, I did pass on day one and so did Anthony, which is amazing because my former business partner, that's impressive. Well, he's a farm boy out of Iowa. So he's got that rise strength. Right. Um, but he, and yeah, he is a very strong guy, but he's not very big. I think he's like hundred and he was big enough to have to do the 80 pound bag. Right. The, oh, hmm. right. So there's the, there's the category where you do the, I think you do the 50 or was it the 50 pound strength? No, 60 pound strength bag. Yeah. And then you do the 80 pound bag. And then if you're a, a big, not so skinny guy like me, you do the hundred pound bag. Oh. And so the thing was in our gym at the time, we didn't have an 80 pound burly. All we had was like an 80 pound or 70 pound. I think it was a 70 pound strength bag. Wow. And then we had 115 pound burly. Those were our two heaviest bags. Okay. So I trained with the 115. <laughs> I remember I actually, it was, it's the funny thing, but I actually ended up with like a little bit of a groin pull at one point from doing cleans <laughs> and presses. And it was because of compensations. I wasn't very strong. I mean, I was mm -hmm. strong enough to get through this, mm -hmm. but I wasn't that efficiency strong. So anyway, short story, really, really long. Um, we signed up, we had to go to Chicago South Loop and it was on a Saturday and then there's a level two on Sunday. Well, we would have done level two, 
But what Anthony's daughter had a dance recital the next day on Sunday that he had to get back for. I mean, he absolutely, you know, big family man, kudos to him. Yeah. And I remember even, I think it was Jessica reached out to us and said, Hey, listen, if we take away the level two and do a restoration course, would you do that? And it's like, well, you know, sorry, but no matter what, we have to get back to lacrosse. So we showed up, we did level one, we rocked it. Um, and again, Anthony is for anybody that doesn't know, like this guy never touched an 80 pound burly bag and he shows up and he passes. He does 40 reps in five minutes with that. It's That's just insane. It's, it's mind blowing. And I remember like he I, I was like, I was so impressed. Um, so, yeah, we did level one and I guess we just never did level two. And somehow because of my content, I remember the first uh, DVRT certification I was to instruct. I told Josh, I'm like, Josh, I, I've never done level two. Like, I, <laughs> I, I don't know if this is like a prerequisite. And he's like, based on everything that you're doing and showing, you know, level two. So yeah. I kind of had to fake my way through it to some degree. Now, I'm not saying I had to fake it. I just know from my lived, ex- lived experiences. I just know from my, my fitness experiences and how I've been training, like, okay, I get the concepts of the rotation, all this stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Of course. Absolutely. Um, and, but even at that time, I think about how I got the system. I didn't get it the way I get it today, you know, and hopefully I don't get it today the way I'm going to get it five years from now. Oh yeah. Because as much as that system doesn't necessarily change, there's just those nuances. Your understanding of it evolves. Absolutely. And so I think you're probably bringing that good news to uh, Buffalo as well. Like how many people come and train at Larkin training room and are just blown away because you are not fitness as usual. I mean, and the nice thing about those sandbags too, and maybe you can agree with me, is they're not intimidating. Yeah. Right. When you're talking about like the free weight room and the main gyms there, the traditional gyms, yeah. there's just something about the plates, the barbells, the benches, maybe some chalk and some big grunting guys and some heavy metal music coming out of there that most females, they're brave for going in there. I'm going to admit. So it's easy for them to go into like a body pump class. And, but now the barbells and the body pump, if I remember, like there's no plates, it's just the bars lo- weighted, right? There are plates. Um, it's a short, it's a short barbell and then they do have. Um, okay. So there is some plates to that. Yeah. And I think, cause you were talking about before, and I know you weren't trying to poo poo or, you know, talk down about body pump yet. We know the difference between what we do in barbell training, but what it's, it's something about how it gets people excited though. Right. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden women can experience strength training and they can have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be, and I think this is where fitness falls a lot is the redundancy. You know, I mean, how many times can you do that same exercise before you're like, I need to try something else now. And that's why, that's why we get so much like uh, musical chairs in, in the fitness world, right? When it comes to our clients is they're just, all right, I tried that out. Let's go try this out. And then before you know it, they do come full circle and they'll try you out again, but you're almost like on yeah. a, it's like their periodization, <laughs> you know, like, you know, today I'm <laughs> right. going to, for six weeks, I'm going to do this program, six weeks, I'm going to do that program, six weeks. And there's no, there's no system. There's no progress. There's no regression. You know, it's just always like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, some people have a different flavor and that's the one thing that here, nobody ever, ever gets bored. And we're talking about clients that have been with us for five, six and seven years. That's an amazing like lifespan in the fitness world. Yeah. There's always, I mean, I, I love training with the so-called functional training tools, the sandbags, resistance bands, kettlebells, suspension trainers. I just think it's fun. Mm -hmm. And I do think that, you know, most of my clientele are women and a lot of them are over the age of 40. And a lot of them have told me, you know, I, I feel stronger. I feel better able to do the things I want to do. And it's, I think that um, coming to a woman to, to train and is maybe a little bit less intimidating and it's a small intimate space. You're only ever going to be with a couple other people. And so I just think that the environment is, is, um, it's fun. And like you said, with DVRT, I mean, there's just so much variety that, that you can do. And, you know, I'm, I am, I am a small space, so I can't have every single size dumbbell under the sun. You know, you, I can't, I can't get away with pure loading. I don't have room for it. So, you know, you can do so much 
with not having a lot of tools. Uh, well, and that's even in FLD. Well, FLD, we started with a small space. And I mean, to some degree, we're still quasi a small gym. Mm-hmm. I think I think half of our gym now is actually office space entryway. And, you know, Megan's got the Taj Mahal for her nutrition rooms. I'm looking over there. You know, it's like, <laughs> like she's got the best room in the house. You know, I'm sitting here in my little like closet of an office. I should say that I have got a really generous office. Um, question for you, though, Robin, as you know, you touched upon a couple of points and I want to get your point of view on this because. It's obvious maybe that I don't know how women think. I feel like after 19, almost 19 years of marriage, I'm kind of getting things down. Like when my wife, my beautiful wife says, hey, honey, when you get a moment, that's actually, that's code for do it right now. You know, it's not, I've, I've actually, yes. I think that took me 15 years. It's like, you know, honey, when you have a moment, it's like, all right. And then, you know, two seconds later, it's like, why hasn't that been done yet? It's like, well, cause I'm over here, you know, playing something with the kids or, you know, I'm, I'm on my social media. What do you expect? So anyway, um, <laughs> before I lose my train of thought, which is easy. When you're, when you're female clients, now you said, you know, you do have like mostly female, but any client period, but mainly female, when they say, I feel so much stronger. How do you define that for them? I mean, do you just, do you obviously affirm them like, yeah, you are stronger, but how do you explain that kind of strength? Because we know that yeah. in the DVRT universe, that's not just like brute strength. Right. So how do you explain that to your clients and let them understand like this, this strength is totally, I hate to use the word functional because I think everybody uses functional too much. Um, I know it doesn't mean much of anything anymore. It really, yeah, it used to be cool, but now it's just like everybody can, everybody can call, you know, like I can call leg curls functional, you know, it's just, um, so anyway, how do you, how do you explain that to your clients? To me, it means that you are able and resilient to do the things that you want to do. So like I've had clients who've gone on ski skiing trips and they're like, yeah, that I, I normally get so beat up when I do that, but it was so much easier this time because of what we had been doing in the gym or, you know, um, I was playing with my grandkids and I could get down to the floor and back up better because of the things we have been doing or you know my shoulder has been really bothering me and i haven't been able to sleep on it for two years but now that we're moving and doing stuff like it feels a lot better so i i maybe because my clientele it tends to skew older like it mean when they tell me that they're able to do just do the things they want to do and live their life and not be in so much pain and be able to be stronger to do it and hopefully be able to avoid the pitfalls that hit so many people over the age of five, 65, like falling and losing muscle mass and just not being able to enjoy their retirement. That to me is like, means a lot because you know we got we have a lot of people turning 65 every day in this country i heard somewhere it's like 10,000 people turn 65 every day most of them are on three or four medications most of them are sedentary and not in the best of health so to me um helping people like over the age of 55 60 65 having helping them have a better a better life in their as they age means a lot to me and i think that this kind of training this kind of system where it's not just racking them up heavier and heavier with load though i think i like going heavy but it's 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 so many other things you know we want them to be able to move well and in lots of directions we want to be them to be able to get down to the floor and and back up. We want them to be learning how to engage their core and their hands and their feet. All those things about DVRT that we love are so applicable to the older client to just have help them have a a better a better experience as they age. Oh, totally agree. Um, You know, I think about the fact that we do have many people that are over the age of 50, 55, 60 in this gym, too. And this is like the first time solution for the people that are, 
seasoned. I don't know. <laughs> you know, just like you don't want to call them old. Um, I like seasoned. But, right. The the veterans of life. Um, but the fact that you know, because we knew you know growing up, and as I talk about, I, many of my guests, there's only been a couple that have been educated formally in fitness, right? Meaning we've gone mm-hmm. to university. So mm-hmm. most, most, of, most of the people, the fitness pros I have on, they've had different um, experiences in their, in their yeah. education. And like for me, going through college, it was always like, well, you don't want to spend too much time with the elderly or the seniors or whatever on machines on, you know, the, mm. because of stability. So we want them to be free weights, but that's like, well, what do you want grandma to do with free weights? You know, do you, do you want her to do the back squats? I do. Do you want her to do bi- bicep curls? Do you want her to deadlift with the barbell? You know, it's just like you think about yeah. it. And I always just envision my own grandmother, um, God rest her soul. But like, I would never put my grandma underneath a barbell. And so it's like, what do you do now? Do you take really light dumbbells and you just, you know, which has some help to it. But now all of a sudden with, with the DVRT system and knowing that grandma can only maybe like, it's okay that she only has a 10 or 15 pound core bag, but it's the positions that we put her in that we take out that stability. So she has right. to do an overhead press, but she might be in that sprinter stance. She might actually be walking as she's pressing overhead and mm-hmm. all that stuff that happens, like mm-hmm. this is what this is what just jacks me up. And this is why, you know, you you find out that when you make a difference in somebody's life, when you can, and I don't want to say I'm taking them out of pain because I'm not, I'm just a personal trainer. Right. You know, I, right. I just just fitness. That's that's outside of my pay grade. Um, but for some reason, we help people get better. And sometimes that better means that they're not, you know if they haven't totally eliminated pain, it's gone down significantly. Yeah. They're going to keep coming back to you. I mean, they're just, they're, you've, you've got what they want. And then when you, when you provide the culture and the environment, you know, so I can only imagine coming into a Larkin training room that as soon as I walk in, I mean, and we see your smile and we just, we have this friendly, inviting, fun atmosphere that it's like, this helps out. we, I think about the fact that, you know, cause I, th- I think a lot about what we do and I, I I'm saddened by how sometimes we can be not by our own clients, right? Our clients know who we are, but how the fitness professional can be really undervalued. Um, you know, how much do you cost you know, all this stuff? Like mm-hmm. I, I don't go to a restaurant and ask how much it's going to be like before I walk in, you know, I, yeah. I, I hear some, what people are talking about, like really good food. It might be a little bit more expensive, but you get quality. It's like, well, I'll pay for quality. I, you know, I'm not, but you know, how much do you cost? What's this going to be? You know, like, why don't you just try it out first? Anyway, I, I digress. Um, but when we go to see the people that help us out, right? Like if I could go see the person to cut my hair every day, I would, I mean, definitely I would, but you know, there's a kind of budget and things like this. And I'm probably already talking myself out of what I want to get to the point of, <laughs> you know, but when you want to see the people that are going to help you out or make you feel good about yourself, that's kind of like a, every few months, every, you know, twice a year kind of thing. But this, the fitness professional, the person that's going to help you be stronger and to give you that positivity that you, you go in, like how many times you get people that come in, they're just kind of like, I don't want to be here, but I, I know I should be here. And then they leave and they're like, I am just so glad I did that. And now the, the, the thing about that ripple effect, right? You've helped that person out. Their attitude is better. So instead of maybe, getting snarky and yelling at somebody, they feel so much better about themselves that they're just, you know, it just, dare I say, I don't want to say the, was it pass it on or whatever, but the fact that you can have that ripple effect, I like ripple effect better. Um, So did you have anything to add to that? Because I feel like I'm talking a lot. No, no, I, I totally agree. And, you know, some people have no, have had no prior experience with exercise and some people have had a, bad prior experience with exercise. So when you can give them a program or a workout where they actually feel better after they do it and they can see that they're feeling better in their everyday life, I mean, that's a really powerful thing. And that that helps convey your value, at least over time, to that person. Like, wow, I, f- I actually feel better when I'm coming and doing this regularly. And that's yeah, a they don't, thing. They don't see it as an expense anymore. They see it as right. an investment in them. Investment in their health. 
And then they get to have a good time doing it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I can invest in my health. I can go have surgery somewhere because I broke an ankle or something like that, but I'm not going to have fun in the surgery. Well, I did have a little <laughs> fun in the surgery room because of the drugs. Um, <laughs> it was one of those, uh, you know, that was, my, that was my first surgery ever. Right. And they're oh, like, wow. and I was told by so many people, like, don't try to John Wayne this, like take whatever they want to give you for pain. And I'm like, and I have a high tolerance to pain. I think I found this out. Like mm. I, with my broken ankle that that happened on a, early Saturday morning. I lived my life on that Saturday. It was a Christmas party. I drove home on Sunday with my right foot on the accelerator. Um, I went to work. Like I called up the nurse hotline on Sunday afternoon and they said, maybe you should come in tomorrow. I'm like, well, I I have to work and tomorrow's a long day. So I have to go to work. And no crutches, no anything. I just walked, you know, I trained, I showed exercises. I got up and down off the floor. How? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Stupidity. Um, And then kind of the funny story, too, if Shelly's listening to this, is on Tuesday, then that's when I was going to go to urgent care to get this, like, so that they can they can affirm that it was just a sprain that I thought it was. Um, For some reason, Jessica Bento texted me and said she wanted an image. She wanted to get a picture of me doing like a sprinter stance squat. Oh, and so before I went to the urgent care, I'm like, all right, Shelly, I need you to take this picture for me. And I, it was like a kettlebell or something like that. And she was like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, so, um, yeah, it's just stupidity. And um, but moving on with this, though, right? So we talked about the environment, the culture and how we can offer that excitement. Um, why do you think? And I feel like as a general DVRT thing, I see and it's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying it's bad. I see more females that get really drawn into this, you know, like in my gym. Yes, we, I'm trying to market to all, you know, everybody. I'm not trying to just specify females, uh-huh. but 85 to 90% of our clientele are females. And then when I, when I read the DVRT blogs, when I see their social media, and when a lot of people that are tagging DVRT outside of myself seems to be pretty much female, right? What is it you think about that? I mean, I have my own thought. I'd love to share it, but I want to hear yours first. Like, why do you think, why do you think females are more drawn to DVRT than guys? And maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe, maybe Josh, but like, you know, we got a lot of guys too. And I'm sure they well, do. But- you know, for, for my clientele, all my male clients are over the age of 60 mm-hmm. and they're, they're in it for movement quality. I think a lot, I think, there's still this perception that, and maybe it's because I'm a woman, uh, there's a perception that load is king and that if you're not training with a barbell that you can load really heavy, that, well, they're not really getting strong. I mean, look, she has a pink sandbag. Ha, 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 ha. That's so silly. <laughs> so, you know, there's a CrossFit gym down the street. They get lots of young men and, you know, how they're training in CrossFit boxes, you know, it's barbell and it's like, I think there's still the perception that if you're not maximizing load, then you're not really getting strong. I mean, that's how I think of it. Oh, well, that's exactly, I was going to go that same route. And I think, I think the females, right? So just as I've owned this gym for over seven years now, I think, I think women are more open to trying different things. Mm. You know, as I mentioned before, like they'll be at a, they'll be at a program for a while and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm bored or this isn't working for me. I don't like it. I'm going to go do something else. Where us guys, you know, it's just like, I know the bench press hurts my shoulders, but I'm just gonna keep doing it because (laughs) it makes me feel like I'm in college again or high school. And right. The last, you know, I mean, and then guys that are removed from weightlifting for a long time, you know, they, they come back into the gym and they get this feeling of like, even though they're 50 some years old and way not the way they looked in the past, they still have this preconceived notion that it's like, well, I was able to bench, you know, 300 pounds in college. So let's put that 300 pounds on. <laughs> it's like yeah, uh, humble check. And so it's, it is amazing that way. And I just, I do think like speaking for men, we're not, I mean, I guess we're kind of smart, but we're not, um, you know, we just, <laughs> we keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the same result. And as we get older, I mean, it's, it's only, you know, when, when the student, when the student's ready, then the teacher appears. Like mm. if Josh Hankin would have entered my life, like a couple of years before mm. he did, I would have mm-hmm. just, I would have brushed it off. I'm like, it's stupid. Um, but I was at a point in my life where I, I needed something different. 
And I just, you know, I, I'll say it right now. I mean, I'm, I guess I'll be 43 soon. And I tell people this, and maybe for a short while with a broken ankle, it wasn't all, I, I couldn't say this, but today is the oldest I have ever been. And it's the best I've ever felt and the strongest I've ever been. Yeah. Right. And you just can't say that. I think if I kept banging on the barbells, like my shoulders would have been kind of wrecked up my knees, being able to train with the sandbags. And as we talked about before, manipulating your planes of motion, manipulating your, mm-hmm. your body position, your holding position. Mm-hmm. I don't need, I don't need an excessive amount of weight to really get after it. I mean, for instance, I made a post the other day, yesterday was an MRT session. We did a 1545, pretty intense, right? Yeah. And I, we did a kettlebell one-arm rack squat. So if anybody's out there and you want to see this somewhere on my Instagram, you go down you'll see. And I was using, and it doesn't sound like a lot of weight. It was an 88 pound kettlebell, but I needed to get six reps of squats in 15 seconds with that bad boy. I do one side and I would do the other side. I did that for five rounds. Yeah. I was on fire, like through the core, through my legs, like, and just holding on to such a big bell, like that was tough. But if I told somebody I did an 88 pound squat, well, that's, that's not even warm up in regards to barbells. Yeah. You have to, you have to do it. And then you're like, oh, because I remember back at my level one certification, um, hardly any of the men passed the clean and press test when I was there. It's because, you know, they, they went in, a lot of them went in never actually having practiced with a sandbag, but they just thought, oh, I can clean and press an 80 pound barbell 50 times, no problem. But the thing is an 80 pound burly is nothing like an 80 pound barbell. And until you really experience that for yourself, I think you're not going to fully, fully get it. But when you do the rack, the clean and press, and then the rack kettlebell, like you realize that, wow, this is really hard. And a sandbag is a lot different from a barbell. (laughs) Oh, for sure. And that's, but the beauty part about this too, Rob, is if I was trying to still like get my strength training in with bench pressing or squatting or any of those traditional Mm -hmm. strength training exercises, Mm -hmm. how hard is that on connective tissue? How hard is that on the joints? Like the wear Mm -hmm. and tear. And that's why I could say, I feel the best I've ever felt because I don't have to use excessive amounts of load to get that strength. I just had to put my body in those different unstable positions and holding onto a kettlebell with one hand, even though my feet are flat, that's unstable. There's some instability to this that my body has to adapt and respond that. So we get a lot of our guys that are in this gym are here because they're wives. (laughs) It's like (laughs) we get so many wives that come in, like my husband totally needs this. And so, Uh but then they come in and they're like, I feel so much better. And then how, how often we have these conversations, these conversations, our male clients, I was talking with our female clients. Yeah. I wish I would have done this in high school when I was in sports. I wish I would have done this in college when I was in sports. You know, how much better was this training for my baseball, my pitching, uh, my football, my, my X, Y, and Z, you know, name it. Yeah. And so it's like, Hey, I agree. Like, I think I was a pretty subpar athlete to some degree. I was kind of like, I don't know if Rudy is the word, but <laughs> I had, I had to work for everything I did. I mean, and everything I, I attribute everything I got in athletics to what I put in the weight room. Like that was my number one love. And then I liked playing football, but if I had the opportunity to have this kind of training in high yeah. school and, and I, you think about those young kids, you know, I think about my own children, right? Like the, this is what they're, when they're ready to do strength training, Obviously, this is what they're going to be doing. Um, and I right now, people ask me, like, do your kids work out? I say no. And they're like, why not? I'm like, because they don't want to. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not going to force them to work out. And when, you know, like right now, they do a lot of unorganized play. You know, they're running, they're jumping, they're crawling. There's, you know, I mean, even my oldest is still, you know, they're very active. So I'm going to keep that going. You know, I don't want to yeah. spoil them with with strength training and all of a sudden, programmed and scheduled things, you know, when they're ready for it, I'm ready for them. We have bags at home. I'll have a good time coaching them. Uh, that was one other thing too, is during the pandemic, right? The shutdown, I actually got to work out with my son and it was great. Like he would set up the gym every, every day. We had the specific time. When I say set up the gym, he would turn on the TV and link Spotify to it to get the music ready. He would get our, <laughs> he'd get our cans of bubbly water ready. <laughs> that was, you know, he would, he's like, dad, I got the gym ready. You know, it's like, cool, son. Um, so that was great. Oh my goodness. I, 
there's just so much more I want to talk to you about. I do want to ask you another question though. Two questions. Yeah. And you can tell me if it's none of my business. I have to, like, I told you before we start recording, I've seen you so many times. It's the first time I've heard your voice and Uh it's just, it's Uh been lovely. Can I ask how old you are? (laughs) I just turned 40. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. The thirties are over now. It is onward and upward. And like you said, I'm the oldest I've ever been, and I feel the strongest I've ever been as well. Dude, you're, you're, you're doing that. Knock on wood, right? Well, right. <laughs> Maybe they didn't see that for some reason. She was knocking on her head. I don't get that. But, um, <laughs> the Watching your videos, I mean, you are ultra strong. Like, I, and I mean, I'm trying to think, like, your bag that you're using, like, how, when you're doing your strength bag, what is the, what's your, how about this? I mean, what are the bags and what do you have for weight? Yeah. What's your heaviest bag? Yeah, my I I only have an uh, one burly and it's eighty pounds and it's like my nemesis because like there's not a whole lot I can do with it, but I have a uh, forty, fifty, sixty strength bags. I've got some force bags, you know, between thirty five and forty five pounds, and then I got a bunch of power and core bags. And so for my clientele, that is and for me too, really, that's a pretty good. Um, range it, it works oh, for pretty sure well. yeah you got yeah. i mean for a small space like you said the great thing is you got i mean you got a lot of bags for that I small do. space but it doesn't yeah. take up all the room like you still right. have a lot of room so that's I have the, the racks and yeah very yeah, space awesome. efficient so do you ever get now with that with 80 pound burley do you ever get to the point where you're like do you bear hug it all or are you are you able to put it on your shoulder i can shoulder it i can bear hug clean it i I am very bad at like power cleaning it. It's like hit or miss because I mean, I'm five foot four and stretched out that burly bag because like almost above my knees. So it's like not much time to generate the force you need to really clean it up from, you know, the neutral grip handles. So Mm -hmm. definitely it's uh, I'm not very I'm not very good at that. I can well, do like and max lunges and that kind of thing. You do max lunges with it? Yeah, not that, that many, but <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I I just know an eighty pound. Yes, that's that's yeah. super. Um, it's it's for reals. For reals, is that with a Z? Yeah. Well, and you know, thinking about that power clean, you're right. From the neutral grip handles, so shouldering might be a better power clean for you, or the bear hug, as you mentioned. Yeah. And guess what? You don't have to feel like it's not. I mean, shouldering is actually, I believe, a more challenging power clean because yeah. of this, you, you know, the catching on the shoulder, the unilateral. Yeah. And, you know, but that works for you because you get that leverage, right? So that's why a strength bag. And we just had this conversation with a client this morning. Um, yes. And Megan, too, like we know how Megan's still very strong as being pregnant, but before she was growing a baby, there was a lot of things that she could do with the burly, but sometimes so we mm. ended up having to get a specialized Megan bag called the Tim bag. That's a long story. <laughs> um, so it's a 70 pound strength bag, right? Okay. Because like the 60 strength is too easy for some things. The 80 yeah. is a little bit just, you know, yeah. she can't power clean it up. So the 70 actually is a pretty nice. It's a happy medium. Yeah. That would be a good one to have in my well, collection it's, too. It's, well, that's the, your collection. See, I like that because once you start growing that family of sandbags and you have the space to do so, uh-huh. I have certain utility bags. You know, there's certain bags that's like, we know, like I, I tell people, I have a 60 pound rice burly bag. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's very dimensional. It's very um, yeah. round. It's stuff, you know, like you can't really pull it into you because it's just so much. Um, right. But it's only 60 uh, only. So a lot of people, a lot of females now, they can do bear hug uh, squats with it. They can put it on their shoulders, front loading that bad boy and doing like good mornings. That's a serious thing. Um. And then we have like our, our water bags. Do you have any water bags? I have a water bag, a 40 pound water bag in the, in the gym now. And then, um, you know, my, my travel bag of choice is the force bag because that just has the one water filler. So, mm-hmm. and I'm lazy, so that's easy to fill it's when you're lazy. Traveling. It's just efficiency. It's don't, don't <laughs> apologize for being efficient. But, yeah. I love, <laughs> I love the force, the force dimensions and, and, and I like that bag. Uh, awesome. So Robin, I'm going to ask you one more question before we sign off. And I, I say this to everybody and I do mean it to everybody, but especially for you, I would love to have you on again. Um, 
the the question I have for you is like for the fitness professional that might be, or maybe just a fitness enthusiast that's interested in DVRT, like what would be your what would be your advice to somebody that's just interested but they don't know if it's where they should be going? Um, <laughs> follow some people on Instagram and see what they're and see what they're doing, and give yourself time to absorb the system because. I remember first being exposed to it, it was so overwhelming and you're like, oh my God, where do I start? This is so much information, so many knowledge bombs are dropping on my head. This and like, ah, I don't understand the system and I'm still learning the system eight years on. So um, I I think that can be a a good thing about Instagram. You know, social media can be very a, a pitfall, but if you find some good people like you and you know the ultimate sandbag people jessica bento there's lots of really good coaches they they understand the system and if you follow them and follow what they're doing you'll start to see how it's implemented in practice and you can see what they're doing and that's been helpful to me you know to follow to follow people i i certainly couldn't make any of this stuff up i just learn and steal from people who are smarter than me so just give yourself time to learn the system find some good people to follow and you know the ultimate saying but puts out a blog i think almost every day i mean it's a it's an incredible amount the amount of content they release on on blog and social media so if you just start following them you'll get exposed to information every single day about this system and how it works so start following them well said well said so it like i said it was an absolute pleasure and delight to have you on the Fitness Lion Dog podcast. Today. I enjoyed it very much, too. <laughs> so you take care, Robin. And for all you listeners out there, until the next time we meet, Godspeed.